Welcome to Grow My Grit, a new podcast celebrating grit. My name is Peter Willis, coming in from Calgary, Alberta, together with our gritty guru, Hazelon Shetmeyer, who's beaming in from Mississauga, Ontario. Here on the Grow My Grit podcast, our intention is to engage with guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit. Perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles, and what obstacles we faced since the beginning of 2020. However, one of the biggest opportunities for 2021 is the possibility of recreating our identities and re-engaging our relationship to both ourselves and to one another using the unique strengths we already possess and reliably bring to challenging situations. With our individual grit compass as our guide, let's explore what's available on the other side of obstacles. Are you ready? Hi, Hayes. How are you doing today? I am extraordinary, Peter. How are you? I'm doing well. I was thinking that given that we are around the anniversary, the first anniversary of lockdown, of the introduction of the term, of the introduction of constraints and just changes to the normal that we used to know, it might be interesting, fun to really look at whether or not we've come up with grit specific to COVID and specific to managing the planetary pause as we've all come to understand it. So I thought it would be kind of a an interesting segue and opportunity to kind of see if there's such thing as kind of COVID specific grit for each of us. I think that sounds great. Is there, do you think that there is uh, for, for COVID specific, uh, is there a change in our compasses, do you think, or how do you, how would you navigate that one? When I think about a COVID specific compass, I really think it ties to the environment that COVID has set up in terms of the changes and the challenges that have come up with existing and kind of interacting as we used to know. And so when I think of a COVID-specific compass, I actually think of what I can do for others in the face of challenges that we're encountering. So it's less about my default setting in the face of obstacles for me to navigate. I I somehow feel like having COVID-specific grit in supporting others as we kind of navigate just seems like an interesting way. So when I say COVID-specific, it's not someone having COVID per se. It's really what has COVID, what obstacles have this kind of planetary pros brought out and how can I be for others in the face of what we're all going through? My, my take on it would be maybe a little bit different. You can work through that with me uh, as the time comes, but uh, maybe we should just dive right in and, and get started on uh, on on your uh, your G, your grit for co- for your COVID compass, do you think? Absolutely. So when I think of, again, the COVID-specific kind of challenges and obstacles that, that are coming up, my G would be give healing energy. I really feel as though a lot of a lot of us are really just trying to make sense of loss or make sense of injuries or changes or kind of just differences that we're not used to. And there's just a lot of suffering and a lot of uncertainty and tension. And so for me, giving healing energy is something that I can do to, I can send love to strangers. I, there's so much information on the news about people who are encountering and suffering and just not really sure what's next for them and people losing their lives, people losing opportunities, people losing work. So for me, when I think of a COVID-specific compass that I can offer, it would definitely be my G is that give healing energy because I have lots of energy and I'm lucky to be in good health and really just sending love to people I don't know, to people I do know, whether it's a smile with my eyes because we're all wearing masks and we can't see each other's smiles anymore. But really, for me, my default setting in the face of these obstacles and interactions as a result of the restrictions is to give healing energy. 
That's awesome. Sounds really good. I have a, a question based on that, and this is kind of grit in general as well, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a newbie at all of this as well. So when, in, the, in the past, we've talked about our grit compasses, not COVID specific, and your G word has been gratitude. And, and now we're talking about your, for COVID, we're talking about give healing energy. And I just wonder if you can help clarify for me and for our listeners, is it possible to have multiple um, grit compasses for, for situations? I think we've addressed this a little bit in the past, but maybe this is a good time before we jump right in because your grit compass for COVID in this conversation might be a little bit different. So can you maybe address that and talk about maybe some of the different circumstances that we could find a different or an alternate grit compass? Absolutely. So I think what I, in my mind, I would say that as Hayes, my grit for managing default, kind of managing obstacles that are on my path, that's my gratitude, resilient imagination and time. In the instance of a COVID-specific compass, I'm very much focused on what I'm doing for others. So for me, it's others-oriented. So this compass is less about what I would do in a specific situation that was on my path. It's more about what I feel I have to offer in the face of communal obstacles. So it's really, that's a great distinction. I'm not proposing that I would operate from the compass I'm describing in kind of our our old normal, but I'm very much looking at if I were to think of what I can be for others, gratitude is something less relevant. I think I may not be gratitude for people, but I can give. So I think for me in a COVID-specific compass of what I have to offer, I would make my G give And specifically, I would give healing energy. There are lots of different ways to give. If I were a gazillionaire, I could donate money. If I had space to rent out, I could rent it out for free. But me as Hayes, what I have in spades is energy. And so my G, what I can be for others, is a source of healing energy. Yeah, I think that that's that's, it's really exciting. And it's just it's interesting to, to think that we can have if not alternate versions of compasses, but we can certainly adapt. And I think that's really important uh, mm-hmm. to be able to have a couple of different options to choose from while having an overarching compass that we generally operate from. I think that's really interesting. For me, so my, this is, again, this is new new to me. And um, yeah. I would say that the G word, if we if I go with the compass that I have been using, it would be goofy. And I'm just thinking this is all real time here, as, as you know. So yeah. I'm thinking if there was one thing that I could offer... Um, well, it's it's a great theme that you've kind of brought up. Is what can you what can you offer to others in this time? So I think which which either lens that we put on this. I think if I use G and Goofy, well, in the this is a is an obstacle for everybody. And so in my family life, for example, maybe I want to make sure that I I kind of keep things as light as I can. Obviously, without underplaying kind of the gravity of what's going on, and we all have uh, not all of us, but some of us have children in school, et cetera. And the messaging mm-hmm. it's very important to have the the proper kind of messaging and and dialogue and chats with your with kids and others. Um, I would say Goofy may be something that I. As you say, energy in spades, I probably have uh, the G in spades for Goofy. <laughs> and that's something that I try and bring to the table uh, mm-hmm. just to ensure that there is that we're, there, there are a couple of anchors that we've got, right? So pre-COVID, yeah. Goofy was still a big one. In yeah. COVID, well, for better or for worse, Goofy's still a big one. And, and maybe that's, you know, sometimes I wrestle with, is this appropriate? Like, should I be a little more somber or a little more serious? But ultimately, maybe it's an anchor for me. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, again, just discussing with you in real time. But maybe mm-hmm. that G word, that goofy is something that that helps me and perhaps helps others or my family just re- remembering that there's still, there is still some normalcy to this, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And I love that answer for two reasons. First of all, at the end of the day, you're being true to who you are. So as much as there are these external constraints and life as we know it has completely altered, you are continuing to be true to your roots and to your person. So any form of stress, a lot of what would you're allowing yourself to be who you were before all of this came down and you're allowing yourself to react in ways that are true to yourself. So that I think is an important piece, just continuing to be who we are in the face of these obstacles is a great starting point because trying to be someone else is in itself a different stressor. So I love that element of your answer. The second piece is that your reference to being goofy and being light ties to my R. So in having a COVID-specific compass of what I can be for others, my R is that idea of recharging and resting regularly or kind of resting and recharging regularly because in that example of When you're in a plane, if there's a crash and there's something dangerous, you need to put your mask on first before you try to help someone else. Because if you're not able to actually manage yourself, you're not going to be a support for others. And if your battery is empty, it's really hard to be there for others. So tying to your ability to bring something fun or something moving in a different way than the stuck energy Um, I find that rest and recharge is something that I can be and do for others because it gives me more time and opportunity and more strength to be available for others. So for me, power yoga is definitely my favorite form of moving my body and it's a form of recharging every day. So I recognize that I could really decide, well, no, I, I shouldn't be doing these things. There are dangers everywhere, but I also know what I get out of it. So it's managing those restrictions and managing opportunities to really tying back to honoring who you are. So for me, my R in the face of kind of the COVID-specific restrictions and opportunities, my R is kind of rest and recharge regularly. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like I like that a lot. I'd be interested to do what you're doing and, and, and you know, kind of adapt my compass because I like where you're going. Just it's got a great positive message to it. Um, however, I haven't done that. So I'm not going to do that on the fly with you here. But I, I, I'm going to just, uh, I'll my R word, if we just go with mm-hmm. my traditional grit compass, is yeah. probably what a lot of people are experiencing right now. And it's resilience. And I, I guess there's also a disclaimer that I'd like to throw out there, well, to you and to anyone who's listening here. It's just like by no means is uh, the execution of the goofy or the resilience, is it perfect? Because it certainly isn't. These are just mm-hmm. the themes that I'm trying to, I would imagine, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to or trying to execute. Um, but certainly it has been uh, tumultuous. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt about it. It's been up and down. So as I'm talking to you and to our listeners today, I certainly don't want to come from a, uh, a position where I'm, I'm sitting on some kind of elevated stool and I've done all this exceptionally <laughs> well because. <laughs> I, I haven't. I've just tried. I've tried very hard, as I think has everybody, and I think that's just important. Uh, that there is no. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to come across as someone who has done exceedingly well through the last year. It's been very, mm-hmm. very trying for all of us. So resilience probably just ties into that. Um, and there are good days and there are bad days. It doesn't really get any simpler in terms of the yeah. COVID compass that we're talking about. There are yeah. stretches of good days. There are stretches of bad days. Sometimes they're uh, they're back to back, right? Uh, one good day, one bad day. But the resilience piece is that um, we're going to get through it um, uh, th- this time. And there's a patience piece in there as well um, that that ties into that as well. And so with resilience, you, there's a there's a, a it comes with a sidecar of, of of patience as we've talked about before. You, you got to have that come along for the ride, I think. Um, so absolutely, I'm looking forward to the end, and um, we're kind of 
moving forward and being as strong as we can, but you have to have patience and forgiveness with yourself and with others because it's, it's, it's a long ride right now. That's uh, so that would be my, my R would be resilience with the sidecar of patience. I love the way that our answers continue to kind of dovetail off each other. We haven't practiced any of this. As Peter said several times, we are simply chit-chatting because that's what we've loved to do for the last 35 years. And a lot of this is just what ends up happening as we sit together and kind of connect. So your R, resilience, really ties into my I, my COVID-specific, my COVID compass. The I is the idea of illuminating darkness. And so as, again, as my intention is to be, what can I be for others? Part of it is questioning, you know, some of that, you know, this is what I think and this is not going to be available to me. And if I can't do what I used to do, there's no point in kind of doing anything. If I can't see people the way I used to, I'm not going to bother. But that's a very dark, heavy place to sit sometimes. So it might be, you know, maybe we're not going to go to each other's houses. We can meet in the park. There is just that idea of continuing for me to illuminate darkness, some of those shadows that may be lurking and trying to stop any effort to revisit who we were or stop any opportunities for finding some sort of connection is really that piece where I continue to come back to where is the darkness and and it isn't always a matter of bringing joy light doesn't have to be positive or negative it's just additional information so for me this idea of illuminating darkness is having conversations and speaking about frustrations and getting at the root of things that seem to be blocking or seem to be looming or seem to be heavy and really poking holes in some of that, possibly making a crack in what seems like an impermeable wall. But again, for me, it's a lot of the conversations that I try to be part of and try to model and just try to open to make possible. Because really, at the end of the day, it's easy to get stuck in darkness and it's easy to continue to feel as though it's just the norm. And the more conversations you can have, the more conversations I can have, the more light, a different idea, a different way to look at something, a different day sometimes is really that opportunity to illuminate um, some of what I thought may have been the end of what I used to know or what I used to do. But really just looking for ways to illuminate the darkness is something that I've tried to be for others and I've always appreciated others being for me in this last year. It's tricky because there are, I think, uh, I'm going to come at it from someone who, um, uh, you know, uh, someone who could benefit from the energy that you're providing or the perspective that you're providing. Because there's, without a doubt, so I may have G and goofy as, a, as one of my words, but there's no doubt that the last year has seen far less of that. And I think that's mm. pro- that may be true for a lot of people. It certainly is yeah. true for me. So it's, 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 all, it's refreshing to have a conversation like this with you because I'm coming at it from a different angle. I'm the person you're talking about who gets stuck, right? And so it's, it's, interesting to hear kind of your perspective on it, right? Uh, there's been, maybe for so many, there's just been so many more dark days than usual. Um, and it, it is easy to get caught in that. Um, it, it kind of, so for, if I flip over to my grit compass and I, I use my I word, which is uh, intimate, I, again, just to to uh, to feed off of the energy that you're throwing forward uh, with some positivity here, if there's one thing that uh, that is... Um, uh, an experience of the last year is that you're hanging out and if you have a family uh, or kids and loved ones, you're hanging out with them an awful lot more, right? That's just what you're, it's just the nature yeah. of what we've been going through. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's intimacy, right? And 
That is a positive, I think. And so I, I think of it, we've talked about health before, and the, paraf- the paraphrase that I talk about with my family, uh, among other examples that we have, but it's just like when I was younger, I ran a marathon, which was great. I remember, uh, and I was, I was happy about that, and I remember about a month after that, someone said, hey, do you want to sign up for a 10K? And I thought, yeah, of course. And it was so easy. That doesn't mean I won it, but in terms of, how hard that was, it was so much easier because now the benchmark was way higher. The high watermark was super high. And I think for this, it's, you know, if there's a positive light on it, that the intimacy of being together with the people uh, in your household more than ever, um, if you can get through this, you're going to learn a lot about each other and you're going to get through some some cabin fever times. You're really going to grow together. And when you come out on the other side of this, when you come up against obstacles that may be similar or may have parallels, you're going to be like, you know what? This is nothing because I just spent 14 months in lockdown in the same room Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of funny to think about, right? But it gives that perspective that now you can, now you can move forward. And the next time something challenging comes up between you and your family, uh, you have this as a high watermark. You're like, well, we just did that. So of course we can do this. Right. And I think that that Mm -hmm. would be the, the perspective I would take on that. Mm-hmm. And what's neat about your answer, it got me thinking two different kind of streams. The first of which is that it's really interesting in the sense when I speak of illuminating darkness, sometimes it's also the, you know what, we've been together in the same house for this many hours. And if we're together for this much longer, I don't know what I'm going to do. So sometimes the darkness is, you know what, I need a break. I'm going to be in my part of the house. So you do what you need to do. But for the next hour, we're all going to kind of be in our own spaces. So illuminating what is perceived as darkness, but it's just honesty around, we're just going to avoid this entire, this could go very badly if I'm not forthcoming with how I feel about what's about to happen. So that that initial thought for me was very much that darkness isn't, there are instances where it's an anxiety, where it's heavy, where it's not something you just strip away. I don't ever mean to make it sound like it's just a, like, turn on a light, everything's better. That That's mm-hmm, not at all mm-hmm. my intention. It's very much where I, what I'm hearing and thinking is that there are times when, you know, to avoid potential conflict or to avoid like silent treatments, those kinds of things, just kind Mm -hmm. of being forthcoming, you know, okay, like I need, I'm going to be in this part of the house and that's what I'm going to be doing for the next three hours. So if you need me, just wait. (laughs) So illuminating the the potential kind of landmines. I don't know what, if darkness is the right word, but just that idea of to be mindful of what spaces are being shared and what I might need versus, so my parents live with me. So who needs what in what instance Mm -hmm. is equally important to have those conversations to illuminate what may end up being something that nobody kind of wants to happen. I'm not sure how that came out, but for me, very much that being together, darkness might just be, you know, like, this will frustrate me later if it happens, so let's talk early on so Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen, or this is what we need to make happen in the next three days, and let's just figure out a plan so that it happens as it's supposed to, and the darkness, the potential for darkness has been dissolved or minimized. It may still come. I don't ever mean to say it will go away necessarily, but we're illuminating some of those potential pits. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's yeah. I think that I think that's great. And and with the you know uh, with the intimacy, 
comes honesty and and we get better at that because you have to well yeah you you, you really should put an effort into getting better and that's yeah. it, t- it ties into exactly what you're saying and whereas in the past maybe would have dealt with something a little differently if things were a bit tense or if there was a situation that we wanted to avoid and now it's just like you know what that's not sustainable we have to come up with a different idea or a different solution to get through this and that's where we have to be more honest with each other we have to uh, intimacy your illumination yeah. of the darkness we have yeah. to just we have to speak about this so that we we can all come out of this uh, a little better off right and and yeah. that helps the bigger picture of that is that now all of a sudden we have a lot more experience talking openly and honestly about clunky topics, right? And that, and that's with the others that we're going to see on the other side of this, whether it's family members or friends or just members of the community in general. Uh, there's a real opportunity here to practice having tough conversations in a way that is uh, caring and progressive, right? Yep, yep. So well felt. I fully felt that in my shoulders when you kind of spoke that truth. And again, just like as though we planned this, this totally is a segue into my tea. So my tea in my COVID compass in terms of what I can be for others or what I can be in this time is to tolerate uncertainty. That whole idea of I have no control over what restrictions are coming down. I have no control over who's going to get what. There is so much I can't control. So my first effort to really tolerate uncertainty is to expect that what I know to be the case today could very well not be the case tomorrow. And so being less attached to certainties of what tomorrow will bring has definitely been something that I've appreciated being able to do and also tried to do for others or just kind of presenting other opportunities because we really don't know what six hours from now will look like, let alone a month from now. So for me, building on that piece and to your point about those intimate conversations and that illuminating piece I brought up, that's all scary stuff. And so tolerating uncertainty as well. I don't actually know how this conversation is going to go, but I believe that it will be clearer or that a path will be available to us that may be a better path than we would have been on. So I know for me, my tea and my COVID compass of what I can be for others is that idea of tolerating uncertainty whether it's modeling it or literally just speaking it because there is so much beyond our control and just continuing to come back to that because tolerating it is really the healthier choice because it's here. (laughs) Uncertainty is not Mm -hmm. going away and it's the relationship with it that I find tolerating is a, it's a firmer place for me to be. So that's my tea and my COVID compass. Great. I, um, I have something that, uh, so as we've walked through the, the compasses here, so my, my G and my R and my I, I've been able to kind of tease out uh, the, the COVID version. But I have one, so I'll flip it on its head for a bit. Um, for my T, and I'll, I'll put this out to you. So my T for my traditional compass is tempted. And if there's one thing that having a year of isolation can bring out, it's temptation for all kinds of things, right? I think certainly read about it and you certainly may experience it, right? So I'm wondering, um, although I could probably as well tease out some ways that temptation has helped me, there's a lot of temptation. Um, So there's the temptation of, uh, you know, I I mean, I, for example, I would be tempted to go and uh, go buy a bottle of scotch and hang out in the basement, right? Now, how productive is that? I don't know. That's up for debate. But the temptations are all there, right? There's temptations of you're in the um, 
to be frank, and we, there's lots of articles about this, you're in the same household with the same people all the time. There's the temptation of, of needing uh, engagement from other people. So maybe you go and find someone else uh, to, <laughs> to spend some more time with, whether that's in a, a, a physical relationship or romantic relationship or otherwise. This is a very, very tricky time for us all. So my T word has... Um, usually I would put a lot of positive connotations with my T word. But in this particular context, let's just suppose that I was coming at it from a, you know what, maybe the temptation is not very healthy for me in this particular context. I've been 14 months locked down like the rest of us, and I don't need more temptation. I need some stability or something. Yeah. How how would you guide someone through uh, or guide me through uh T, if I wasn't going to adapt my compass, if I was using the one I had and temptation was my T word, uh, what would be the kind of conversation, the initial conversations that we might have about that when some of the temptations I may have had, not saying I have or I have acted on them, but again, we, as we've discussed, I've got a lot of temptations. Maybe yeah. they're not the most positive things to be having right now. So how would you guide mm -hmm. me through that? Well, I think guide is a strong word, so I wouldn't at all propose that I'd be able to guide you through, but I think the line of questioning I would present, I can think of two different ways I might kind of engage in a conversation with you. The first would really be that idea of what obstacle is pursuing this temptation allowing you to avoid? So really getting at the, um, again, I think the easiest way to say it is what obstacle are you avoiding by pursuing this temptation? So, and if that obstacle is still going to be there when you come back, kind of naming mm -hmm. what you're trying to avoid yep. might in itself be a form of conversation. So the first piece would be, what is that obstacle you're avoiding? Another related train of thought would be, what are you getting from pursuing that temptation? So independent of the obstacle you may or may not be avoiding, I may or may not be avoiding, it's that line of questioning, that whole question of like the cost and benefit. So the cost of pursuing this temptation is X, the benefit is Y. Knowing that I'm coming back to the home that I've established, knowing I'm coming back to the job I need to keep, just really, so again, in having some sort of having what we're doing now, that conversation around recognizing that our grit is our default setting in the face of obstacles. If in the face of obstacles, the temptation is there, two particular lines of conversations that we could have. And we might do them in the same day. We might kind of do one and then another day. But my initial thoughts would be exploring what is it that you're avoiding and kind of unpacking that obstacle and or what is the benefit of pursuing that temptation, which could be avoiding the obstacle. So I think that's why I try to kind of parse out the two trains of thought. But temptation serves a purpose it's just a question of exploring that purpose and its value for the reality that you will occupy after the temptation. So yeah, just, and not knowing how those conversations would go, mm -hmm. but that would be my first instinct would be to really yep. kind of flesh out, pull, play with that default setting and what it looks like and what it could mean based on your choices. Yeah, that's, mm. that's fantastic. The, the, and, and that's a 100% example of why, uh, you know, someone like me, I, I love the topics that we talk about. I love the self-exploration. Um, but having a, uh, not 
quite sure which the right word to use is, but like a you know, well, a, a gritty guru or a or a or a uh, someone who can guide you through the process, or a teacher or a mentor. However, you whatever kind of monarchy you'd want to apply to it. But for someone like me, it's so valuable to have these conversations because my tea could be very negative. But when you ha- when you talk to someone who really has a different uh, uh, a different take and a lot of experience dealing with what we're talking about, it's so refreshing to hear. Yeah, well, maybe we can just we're keeping that word. We're keeping tea, right? But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kind of dissect it a little bit. We're gonna move it around and stretch it and pull it and, and and see what we can get out of it that allows us to grow and get better, as opposed to letting us stagnate or make um, uh, decisions that maybe not particularly beneficial. You know, so that which in turn would flip me right into a why I I, I love this kind of process. And why I think that having someone on the other side of these conversations is so valuable, who knows more about this than I do, um, which ties in to your book, right? And why you do what you do, and I do what I do, and I love this, but that's why you are the uh, the gritty guru. And so we can talk about these things, and you can guide me to places that uh, are very helpful for me that I wouldn't have gone to. So you've got a book. It's, uh, can you tell us about the book? Cause it's gotta be close. <laughs> I can tell you about the book, but before I do, what I want to say is I think what's cool about this conversation is that I often refer to myself as a mirror more than kind of a guide or anything proposing some sort of hierarchy, because anything that I'm proposing that resonates with you is because the idea is already inside of you. It just may not have ever come to light before. So a lot of the time I really get at that. I feel as though my opportunity is to really be a mirror and allow you to see you. And that's where that whole, like that word guru comes from in the sense where I'm essentially allowing you to get deeper and deeper into who you already are, to access information, access experiences, and just give you more time with you. So I definitely want to really emphasize that like I'm either a solid mirror or it could be a funhouse mirror when you're like, I don't even know where she came from with that. But man, I look wiggly and wobbly and wait, oh no, that's my reflection. So definitely a mirror is how I kind of see myself in this process. But yes, the book, it's called Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, essentially along these lines. So having conversations regarding your default setting in the face of obstacles, and then exploring some of the, the questions that really get you a sense of how do I make choices? How could I be more of what I already am in different environments? How could I be more of what I am in a in one environment? What could I test out if I wanted to be a little more of my G or my R or my I or my T? But again, the book is an opportunity to A, explore your own grit, define it, go through all the questions that I ask clients. It's also a chance to hear from 16 people who have done the same work, that they've all completed my grit growth guide, have all come up with their G, R, I, and T words. And everyone who participated, my sweet 16, gave their answers to some of the questions that are in the book. So you get to do it for yourself and read about the experiences of other people and really have a a sense of community among people who are really interested in that same opportunity to just know ourselves. And really that gets back to this. We're spending a lot of time with ourselves and we've been Mm -hmm. doing it for a long time. So the more we know, the more information we have available to us, maybe we'll make the same choices, maybe we'll make different choices, but there is the chance to know, to grow, and to show your grit. And I'd love to come along for the ride. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you again shortly. <laughs> grow My Grit with your hosts, Hayes Shetmeyer and Peter Willis, is a production of Gritty Guru Company. 
Technical production by Niall Fines. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google, and Spotify. For more information about Hayes' book, Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit growmygrit.com. 